0: Faith is built upon the word that we have heard from God. Faith is a very concrete thing. It's not like a vapor floating through the air. When I hear a person say to me, Oh, God will take care of that. Oh, it'll be all right. It terrifies me. I know they are not really hearing from God. They have some type of fantasy idea. I want you to consider for a moment Abraham. Abraham heard from God. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. How did, how did God speak that to Abraham? Was it an audible voice? How would you expect God to speak to you? The way God has spoken to me most of the time has been by bringing a thought to my mind. The Holy Spirit dwells in the believer. The Holy Spirit brings us thoughts from God to show us what to do. The will of God. I find just simple thoughts come to my mind. And even if I don't recognize it the first day, often God gives me a second opportunity. For example, in December, no, well, it must have been November, November, of 2019 a thought came to me read the Old Testament I didn't do anything the next day a thought came to me read the Old Testament and I thought yeah I like the Old Testament that's probably a good idea The third day, the thought came read the Old Testament. This time I knew it was God. I picked up the Bible immediately and started reading at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. This is the way God speaks to me by His Spirit. Now, sometimes He'll give me a dream. One time, Um, He spoke to me in an audible voice while I was asleep in the night. It was like a trumpet blowing in my ear. I was given three words. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. This was December 10, 1980. I jumped out of bed and wrote KWJS on a pad. It was obviously radio or television call letters. It turned out to be radio when I looked it up. I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. Immediately, a gentle voice came to my mind Call the radio station manager. When you have an idea from God, I've always found. It's pretty easy to do the idea. It was certainly easy for me to call the radio station manager. So I picked up the phone and I called the radio station manager at KWJS and I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? He said make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and if it fits our broadcasting... We'll offer you a contract. I had a cassette tape recorder at my house. I just took the tape recorder, got a kitchen timer, set it for 29 and a half minutes, and began talking. When I finished the 29 and a half minutes, I took the tape, put it in a package, sent it that same day to the radio station manager. Within five days, I was broadcasting on radio station KWJS. This is a very concrete example of God speaking. I think the first thing, the trumpet sound, was like with an angel of God probably. The second one, which just said, brought the thought to my mind, saying, call the radio station manager. That was, I'm sure, the Holy Spirit bringing the thought up from within me. It doesn't matter whether it comes from without you, or within you, from within you, or whether you're given the information in a dream. The Word of God is the Word of God. It doesn't matter how it comes to you. But these are the ways that I have found the Word of God coming to me. So Abraham heard from God what to do, and he did it. That's what faith's all about. You first hear from God, and then you do it. Abraham heard, get thee out from thy kindred, and go into a land which I will show thee. I heard Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. So then I had to call the radio station manager. This is the way God speaks to us. Generally, it's just a gentle thought that comes in to our mind. Sometimes we're aware of it, but don't quite perceive it, and often God will speak it again to us. So you need to know these things before we can even begin to proceed with this podcast. To reevaluate your goals, you have to know how to seek God and how to hear from God. And so many Christians don't know this. I saw them all the time and they just had no clue about God speaking to them. I have a friend who was raised Baptist. She was telling me this story when. We were in high school. We went to the same high school together. She went into the local grocery store, just a small-town country grocery store. There was a man standing there, and she was just stunned because, well, what she did is she looked at him, and then she, when he left, she said to the grocer, "'Who was that man?' He told her the name of the man, because it was very unusual for a stranger to be in our little community. He told her this man was visiting and his name. She looked at the grocer and said, I'm going to marry him. The grocer said, you shouldn't say things like that. Well, she did marry him. They were married for 60-some-odd years, and Jerry died. I told Wynette when she told me that, I said, Oh, that was a word of wisdom from God. That was a spiritual gift, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Wynette was horrified at what I said. Somehow she seemed afraid of the Holy Spirit. I guess she learned in Baptist church to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But the Holy Spirit's wonderful. The Holy Spirit teaches us and guides us and helps us. I believe I would be dead today if it were not for one word that was spoken by the Holy Spirit to me. On December the 6th, 2018, I fell in the hallway of the house that I lived in in Texas At that time, I was living alone. I was about 80 years old when I fell. I'm 82 now. I was five feet away from the telephone. I had a broken hip and a badly broken hand, wrist. I got on the side of my good side and began trying to crawl to the phone. It was terribly difficult. I could only manage to go about a quarter of an inch at a time. I believe I would be dead today if it hadn't been for one thing. The Holy Spirit brought this to my mind. You can do this. Because of that word, I didn't give up. I just kept working at it. It took me four and a half hours to crawl approximately five feet to get to the place where the phone was, to be able to call for help. But if it hadn't been for that word, I could I don't think I could have done it. I think I would be dead. Most of the time it's not quite that critical. I've had the Holy Spirit speak to me many times in the form of thoughts. How do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Primarily, the information that comes is peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. There's never hypocrisy. James chapter 3 verse 17 tells us how to recognize, after we pray, how to recognize the ideas that come from God. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. If you're planning to do something and there's any form of hypocrisy in it, you don't have the plan of God. You need to just stop and pray, God help me to know how to do this thing. Planning for future Proverbs chapter 3 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart Trust in the Lord The Lord is the word You can't plan for future until you have prayed and know what God wants you to do If you try going on your own and make your own plans it could be disastrous Look what we're in right now with this coronavirus. Which one of us planned for that? Yet God knows everything is coming in our lives. When you're trusting in God, he will get you to the exact right position for that which is coming in the future. You have to pray And be able to discern those thoughts that are from the Holy Spirit that are brought to your mind. The devil brings thoughts to your mind. Your own flesh brings thoughts to your mind. The Holy Spirit brings thoughts to your mind. You want to be able to follow the Holy Spirit. The devil's thoughts will seem reasonable, but he has come to kill you, to destroy you. Your own flesh conjures thoughts and ideas and desires, and often they destroy you. But the Holy Spirit is always the right way to go, always. I don't know what, how long you've been a Christian. Some of you, I'm sure, are brand new Christians. Others have been around 30, 40, 50 years maybe. I've met Christians who were 97 years old and had never learned to hear from God or trust God. I, I hope they were Christians. One of them is my cousin. But there's no real indication that she can follow God at all. But she's been in Church of Christ all her life. There's this Baptist woman I just told you about, and she seemed terrified of the idea that the Holy Spirit could speak to you. No telling what she's heard at church. I'm telling you the truth here. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truths. The Holy Spirit searches the heart of God to show us the will of God. The scriptures which I am quoting are John chapter 14, verse 26, John chapter 16, verse 13, and 1 Corinthians chapter 2. All of these things are told us in those three sections of scripture. How can you follow God if you can't hear from God? You can't. The first thing that God ever taught me was the working of the Holy Spirit and how He would lead me. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's uh, Romans chapter 8, I believe, verse 14. You have to be able to know how to hear from God. How can you follow Him? If you don't know how to hear from him, he speaks to you, but if you don't understand these principles, how can you follow him? You have to understand these principles to go forward. John chapter 14, verse 26 But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Comforter. Let me give you an example of being comforted by the Holy Spirit. I received a birthday card from a woman that I went to high school with, in that card she told me about everything she was doing. She had been with her grandson at Thanksgiving and they were making all these plans for Christmas and she was going to be with her daughter and her grandchildren, her, her husband, at Christmas. I heard, as I read her note, I heard, you are dead and your life is hid with Christ And I said, that's right. That's Colossians chapter 3. That was the Holy Spirit comforting me because I have no children. I have no grandchildren. I had no son, no daughter to be with at Christmas. I had no plans. And the Holy Spirit is telling me the truth. You are dead and your life is hid with God in Christ. Colossians 3. That's how the Holy Spirit works. He's a comforter. He's the spirit of truth. All the things that you hear from the Holy Spirit are truth. They're truth from God. He reminds you of what Jesus has said. In this case, he reminded me of the scripture in Colossians chapter 3, which comforted me. John 16 verse 13 Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear from God, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. 2 Corinthians chapter 2 that's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Paul talks about the Holy Spirit in this chapter of Scripture. Paul says we speak wisdom of God in a mystery. Then Paul says, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither hath entered unto the heart of man, the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, The things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words, which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. So if you're born again and have the Spirit of God, and all born-again people do, then you can understand the things of God that are spoken to you by the Spirit of God. And he searches the heart of God To show you the things God has freely given you. And also to show you what to do. To guide you into all truth. To teach you all things. To remind you of scripture as needed. And to show you things to come. Those are the workings of the Holy Spirit that dwells in you. He does it in the form of thoughts usually. Just bringing that gentle thought to your mind to give you information. The Holy Spirit never takes over your body and makes you do anything. He's primarily gives you information. So we pray, asking God what we should do. Some of you right now are without a job and you have bills coming in. You need wisdom. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. James 1.5 You need wisdom. After you pray, you need to be able to hear from God, and you will hear from God, but you have to recognize it. That this idea is the one God has given me for this moment in time. So you're going to ask God for wisdom. In planning for future, God knows the future. So he is the only one who can safely guide us. Proverbs chapter 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. This means trust in that which God has said to you about your situation. And lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. We do that through prayer. What do you want me to do about this? And he shall direct thy paths. He will bring the information to you after you pray. It is up to you to recognize that thought is from God and then to act upon it when you're sure it's from God. When you are persuaded, it is from God. And verse 7 is, Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. If there's evil there, just walk away from it. You can't sit among the evil without having the evil come into you. It will destroy you. It may be that this coronavirus works out for your benefit. Maybe you were planning some things that really wouldn't have been the best thing for you or your family. It might have seemed right to you But it might not have been the best way to go. What's the best thing that you can give your children? The best thing that you can give them is not a college education. The best thing that you can give your children is godliness. Living a life of godliness in front of your children. That is the very best thing that you can do for your child. And the life of godliness is not a life where you go to church or even where you read the Bible. A life of godliness is where you seek God and hear from Him and are led by Him. When they see you being led by God in doing something, that will impress them. And that's the best gift you can give to your children. Look with me to First Timothy chapter 6. This is extremely important information. Have you ever taken a job for money? You may say, well, of course, I take all my jobs for money. If so, you're being led by money. If you've had a job you just hate it, but you made yourself go to it because of the money, that's an example of being led by money. Of course we have to have money to live. God knows that. But don't you think God could put us into jobs that we enjoy? Here's a wonderful example of that. Pam Padgett lived in Oklahoma and at one point in time she thought she was going to be working with juvenile delinquents. She got a college degree to enable her to work with juvenile delinquents and then she found she was terrified of them. So having only a college degree and not really knowing what to do she took a job as a secretary. Then she had the idea that Maybe she should move to Colorado Springs where her grandmother was becoming older in years and could use some help. So she asked God, should I move to Colorado Springs? She was born again by that time. And God sent her to Colorado Springs. She took a job in a bank in Colorado Springs, and for the first couple of years, she liked it and was fine. But then she began to get bored with that work. And she asked God if he could help her to find some kind of work that would be interesting to her. That is a totally reasonable request. At the bank, somebody had given them two computers. They'd never been used. One was still in the box and had never been even taken out of the box. This was 1985. The man she worked for at the bank asked Pam if she could try to figure out some way they could use those computers to help them. Pam said she'd be happy to look at it. She asked the man if she could go take a course in computers at the local college, and he said she could. So they picked out a course for her to enroll in. called It was called Computers Basic. She got to the course. It wasn't about how to operate a computer at all. It was how to program code for the program called basic the first night though she sat there and listened and she found she really liked code and she thought i believe i'd like to do this on the way home she was really excited about it she told god said this is it this is what i want to do So she took that first course in writing code for a computer. Then she took a little job at a small software company in Colorado Springs, but they ran into financial difficulty and she had to be laid off. She heard of a job opening for a computer programmer at FedEx. (laughs) So she went for an interview they hired her. She was amazed because at the interview she found she didn't answer any of the things correctly. Later she asked the manager, Why did you hire me? And he said, Oh, Pam, I could tell you were a very serious person and that you were hardworking and you would do a really good job. She spent 20 years working at FedEx and retired from FedEx as a computer programmer, and she loved it. I come along at the end of her work life at FedEx and ask her to set up a blog. She's able to do all the technical things on the computer that are required for the blog. Then I start writing books on Amazon. She can do all of the technical work to get the book ready to publish. Now we're doing podcasts. She can do all the technical work on the podcast. So this is where that prayer, way back there in 1985, it brought her to this position of today. I once heard a word from God, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. Just pray, recognize that little thought that comes from the Holy Spirit. Be sure it's from God. You can do that by asking God to confirm it if you need to. And then pursue it. God will get you where you need to be. Now let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 6. Here are some very important instructions. If anyone among you thinks that gain is the sign of godliness... It says, from such withdraw thyself. Don't be around a person who thinks gain is a sign of godliness. Then God says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment. There are many days that I will start out my day saying, please God, fill my day with what you want to have in it. Godliness with contentment, allowing God to fill your day, to show you what to do. If you feel a little restless and you don't know what to do, pray. Just ask him to fill your day. I was watching CNN the other day on that um, virus situation. Someone sent in a statement. Saying, what are we supposed to do with all this time? That's a good question. Maybe you're thinking that. Just ask God day by day to fill it. He will. Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich, if you set your goal for money, you'll fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drowned men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. If you are out there trying to get a job that pays more money so you can get a bigger house or a bigger mortgage or a new car, you're following after the wrong things. You're going completely in the way of the world. That's what they do. And if you go in the way of the world and destruction comes on the world, guess what? That same destruction will come upon you. 1 Timothy chapter 6 shows us the way of God for us. Instead of following after money, follow after scripture. Follow after the word of God that is brought to you after you pray. Follow that. Verse 11. But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, what is right in the sight of God. Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. What does that mean? You fight to hold on to that which God has spoken to you. When he speaks something to you, very likely somebody in your own household will think you should go another direction. You must hold on to what God has shown you and go that way. When I fell in an accident in the house in Texas, The ambulance workers came and got me and were rolling me past the front door of that house and I heard from God. By his spirit, by a thought coming into my mind, you'll never see this house again. I spent two and a half months in a rehab hospital in Texas after surgery. During that time, I put the house up for sale. God worked it out for me to move to Colorado, from Texas to Colorado. One of our church members said to me, I don't see how you can do this. I said, I heard from God that I would never see this house again. She didn't understand faith in God. And we do have to fight to hold on to that which God has said to us because very often someone in our own household, in our own church group, they won't understand and they will try to get us to go another direction. We have to hold on to that which God has shown us to ever get to the place where God wants us. So Paul says, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Certainly we should understand uncertain riches today better than we understood them a month ago because all this uncertainty of this virus that has caused businesses to close and many of you to be out of work That's uncertain riches coming to pass. That's uncertain riches that you trusted in that job. And now it's gone. But if you trust in God, you have no problem because he will take care of that need for you one way or another. If you can trust in God and hear from God. Paul said that they do good, that they be rich in good works ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. I don't believe that we can be out of control and live like people of this world and be in debt deeply and just buy everything that they will allow us to buy on credit And expect God to bless us. I just don't believe it. We can't live like this world. That's how the world lives. If you want to know how to bring blessings of God upon yourself, look at Deuteronomy 28. In Deuteronomy 28 we read, And it shall come to pass. If thou shalt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. I can give you an example of that when this virus hit. It was on March 11th when I first had it called to my attention. When they canceled the NCAA basketball tournament, I just couldn't believe it. Then they canceled the PGA golf. Then they canceled the NBA. And all of a sudden, everything was being canceled. The next day, the first thing I did was give Pam Padgett a note and tell her, cancel my dental appointment and my appointment with the eye doctor. Reschedule it for September. I want to give this virus thing time to play out. About four days later it came on television the instruction from the government if you have dental if you have appointments, unnecessary medical appointments, postpone them. Well I'd already done that. I was ahead and not behind. Why? Because I was following what God was saying leading me to do God sets us ahead above all nations above their thinking before they say it we've already done it I think that's what this means and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God Now be sure you understand. These blessings come on you if you hear God and follow Him and do the thing that He has brought to your attention. Deuteronomy 28:3 Blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle. The increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shalt thou be, blessed shalt thou blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten. Before thy face, they shall come out against thee one way, and flee before thee seven ways. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses, and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if Thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his ways. And all the people of the earth shall see that thou art called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of thee. And they will be afraid of you. Why? Because you don't go the same way everybody else goes. And the Lord shall make thee plenteous in goods in the fruit of thy body and in the fruit of thy Cattle, and in the fruit of thy ground, in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers to give thee. And the Lord shall open unto thee his good treasure, the heaven to give rain unto thy land in his season, and to bless all the works of thine hand. And thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. You'll be the head, not the tail. If you're getting things by going out there and borrowing for it or charging them on your credit card, you're the tail, not the head. But when you follow God, you're going to be the head and not the tail. And he said, and thou shalt not borrow. This is really the first thing God taught me in 1975 when I was born again. Get out of debt and stay out of debt. And the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath, if that thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. If you hearken to the commandment, to the word brought to your mind by the Holy Spirit, you are going to be out in front of the game. You're going to be ahead And not behind. And thou shalt not go aside from any of the words. Basically which God gives you. To go after other gods or to serve them. Every one of these scriptures that I've quoted to you today. Are reprinted on our blog. So you can see them. Go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations. The right hand side of the home page, you'll see podcasts. Click on that. Bring up this broadcast, which is Reevaluation of Goals and Plans. You'll have every scripture there. You can rehear this broadcast if you need to. Again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. This is John Boney speaking. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.